I'll rip your arm off. You know what? Get your ass back home, get in the gym, and figure out what the hell you're doing wrong. Might be called the five-point move. I'm frustrated with the way our Greco guys from the United States are treated because they are good athletes, they are good human beings that, that want to win. we got to help them get there. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the Five Point Move podcast. I'm Tim Hands, founder and senior editor of FivePointMove.com. And with me is my co-host, world champ Olympic silver medalist Dennis Hall. And we are hours, hours away from the 2019 U.S. Nationals slash Olympic Trials qualifier and after that is a bunch of stuff overseas in January that we will revisit with Hall towards the end of what is going to be a very short episode. So, Hall, have you looked at the pre-seeds for the Greco tournament that were released? Uh, to be honest, no. You know what? The guy's got to go out there and wrestle so the seeds don't mean anything. Okay, but do you see for some athletes more than others that it they maybe the seeds potentially could mean something? No, it doesn't mean anything. And you know what? If the dude's going to win, he's going to win. If he's going to qualify, if he's a fifth best, he's going to qualify. If he's not, then he's got to go to the next chance qualifier. So okay, the last and chance. we're also we're also ignoring the fact that. The other reason why the pre-seeds are virtually worthless is because it's not taking into account two important items, and that is there's going to be a bunch of walk-up registrations, first off, and some of these guys who are going to be walk-ups are actually very good. Second of all, it doesn't take into account the seating meeting that takes place tomorrow night anyway, where some of this stuff will be argued away. So there you go. Exactly. There's your pre-seeds and how important they are. Uh, nevertheless, it's still the same problem we talked about a couple episodes back, and that is too many athletes, not enough qualifying spots, which I think in another style is a good problem to have. In Greco, I think we both agree, not so much. I, I just want to stop you for a second. You know, with the way the qualifying and the limiting of the numbers – you know what? A lot of guys' seasons will s- stop completely at the end of uh, the last chance qualifier. So, you know what? We need our guys wrestling Greco more. So you should they they need to give the guys more opportunities. It's that simple, right? And we talked about that in November, right before the NYAC tournament, yep. which was also a qualifying tournament. And the limiting procedures, which I've railed about both with yourself and a little bit even publicly, the five-point move preview of this tournament that was just released on Flow, I touch on that. Like, that, you know, for the other styles, and when I say the other styles, I mean men and women's freestyle, it's a different kind of thing. Like, okay... They have too many athletes for too little spots, just like Greco does. The difference is, is that for us, we're taking away opportunities from 
younger athletes whose experience at a trials event might very well help propel them into the next quad. Whereas they, a lot of times in most weight classes, especially in men's freestyle, they already have the depth. The depth was there before, it'll be there after. I Whereas agree. we need the depth, and experience at a trials tournament helps fortify that depth, in my personal opinion, but whatever, as it were. So, nevertheless, we move on. I want to get your perspective on some of these weight classes. Just run through them. We're just going to run through them, just touch on them. It, it's not so much a prediction kind of exercise as much as just conversationally. And 60 kilos is... Stacked weight always, class. It's always stacked, yeah. It's just always stacked. And there are certain guys we know who are going to be there. We know uh, Mike Foonfinger is going to be there. Ryan Mango is going to be there. Dalton Roberts, Sammy Jones... And then Brady Koontz, Dalton Duffield, Travis Rice, David Stepanian from Northern, and I, I don't know, a, a whole mix of other guys. Is uh, Warren Russell at 60? At 67? No, at 60. I heard he was going 60. I didn't hear that. Um, I did not hear that. That could very well be true. I have not... Uh, no, I haven't heard that. Uh, that might be why he's not on the preceded list, um, to be honest with you. So, 60, do you think that's a mistake for him? Yeah, I mean, if he can make weight at 60 and, and feel good, I think it's optimal weight for him. You know, I think 60... The, the next weight class is too big. The next Olympic weight class. All right. Let me let me get this straight here. Okay. Age notwithstanding, what my concern with Joe Warren mostly is just time away from competition. I, I hate to use age as a thing right now because it's just – it's low-hanging fruit, I think. You think that if he were to go 60, if he is to go 60 – do you think that New York AC tournament play a role? Played a role. I think in the competition. I think the competition. Uh, you know, he he's older. He's smarter. He's not going to take everything and base uh, base what he's going to do off of one one tournament. I mean, that was a warm up to get ready for the national championship, which is part of the Olympic qualifying process, you know? So, I mean, I, I don't know how seriously he's been training, but, you know, the guy can wrestle on his feet. And, you know, the, the only thing that I have questions about is his defense. You know, is his defense going to be good? If his defense is good and he fixed that problem, you know, I he's a, he's a contender. There's a lot of guys that don't want to battle as hard as he battles. He's a street fighter. Okay, but my question is, is his defense, in your mind, at least pertaining to his weight, more of a liability at 67 than it would be at 60? Is that your line of thinking? No, I'm thinking he needs to fix his defense, plain and simple. He's only had one tournament, and that was at 67. 
Yeah. Now, okay, you heard he was going down to 60. To be yeah. honest with you, I didn't hear that. That could very well be true, and I'm sure we'll find out imminently. Yeah. My thing is, is that if his only baseline is one tournament at 67, which from up until two and a half minutes ago, I thought was going to still be 67 for this tournament, then naturally my mind is going to think, well, he got a taste of 67, just like he did a few years ago anyway, but this time around he gets a taste of 67, maybe feels that it's like a, a little big for him. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I I don't know for sure what weight he's going, but if he's at sixty, guys got to watch out because he's gonna he's gonna come out hard and he's gonna come out physical and and try and rough guys up. I mean, the guy looks to score on his feet, so you know, I want I want count him out from you know. I mean, if if he can fix his parterre deficiency, he he. He could make a good run at it. Because on his feet, he's tough. At 60, he'd be a monster. Because, see, that's where I think it would be advantageous. And if only because, uh, so long as he is vital, okay, and not depleted and sucked out and everything else. Yeah, exactly. As long as he is fine. He does it right. As long as he is, okay, as long as he is right. He would be a lot to handle for some of those guys at 60. For sure he would be. On the feet, particularly. You know, like, I mean, he would make guys probably back up and wilt, if anything. And at the very least, if he can't convert on the feet, he'd get passive. So, I don't know, man. 60's bananas. 60's tough up and down. Well, imagine a bracket with Joe Warren at 60. That means you have... Mike Foonfinger, Ryan Mango, Dalton Roberts, Brady Koontz, Matt Dylan Smith. Dylan Koontz, West... I believe. Uh, Brady's Koontz. brother. Right. Yep. Matt Smith from West Virginia. Yep. Who's very good. You're going to have David Stepanian. You're going to have Tyler Graff going Greco. I, that, that surprised me a ton. That surprised me as well. Certainly. Surprised me as well, and I have a question for you about that. But anyway, okay. So this is not taking into account Little Sean coming in. It's not taking into account other guys from Northern who are pretty good, just young guys like Delon Canari and so yep. on, and uh, Sean Cessnan as well. So you you're going to have a good, you know, sixteen eighteen man bracket probably. In, or in that neighborhood anyway. And that's just not a lot of margin for error for anyone. Just not at all. The only good thing about any of this is that in some years, nobody pays attention or at least not much attention to last chance. It just happens and everybody's okay with it. This time around, last chance is going to be like... I mean, It's going to be watched. Yeah, it's going to be like deep as hell it really is yep it's weird because i don't like the fact that the trials procedures are so limiting so i'm not going to go back on my words by any stretch of the imagination but it's like it's like a good problem to have but it's actually a bad problem anyway if that makes any sense you know what i mean yeah for sure no we need we need as much competition as possible for all these young young guys or for even older guys not as much competition, but as far as much motivation to train. 
Yeah, you don't mean actual entering tournament. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. We, we, I think everybody understands what you mean by now. Okay, just clarifying that for you, everybody out there. All right, 67. Obviously no Ellis as he recovers and everything else. So Alex Sancho is already qualified. He's there. He'll be at the tournament. Jamel Johnson and Michael Hooker, Nolan Baker, Calvin Germanaro, Austin Morrow. Maybe you have a situation with 67, which on paper, on paper, is an enormously talented bracket in my opinion. But you have a situation with 67 that 60 doesn't have. And that is at 67, most of the guys here are have been around throughout the quad. You know, most of them, most of them. Yeah. Where 60, uh, it's more youth oriented to a certain extent. Anyway. Yeah, but these guys been around though at 60, you know, so I. The top crop of seeds have been. Yeah. I mean, not counting Travis Rice preceded 10th, which is the most ludicrous thing in history, but you have at 60, I mean, there's only a couple of really young guys, and that's yeah. Junior World Bronze, Peyton Omanya, Benji Peak, obviously, and Calvin Germanauer was young, and Nolan Baker's young. But you are in the mix there, you also have Morrow, Jamel Johnson, Jesse Williams, Hooker, and six others, and... That's where we're looking at with 67. So it's the only real kind of difference between 60 and 67 is that there's a little bit more age involved with 67. Naturally, because the lightest weight class always trends a little younger, I think. Either way, this is what we're looking at. It's just chaos, just complete chaos. And we haven't even touched 77 yet, which not only is a minefield at this tournament, just imagine not only what it's going to look like in April at the trials, but before then at last chance. 77 at last chance could, like, at least for people in our style, 77 at last chance would almost, could almost have its own day of a last chance, like its own tournament, separate from everything else. Like, that's how big the bracket is going to be at last chance for 77. Oh, exactly. You know, the the depth at 77 is probably the most depth in the, you know, in the country, I believe. It's not even close. It's not close. Let me ask you one question about one athlete, maybe yeah. two athletes. Kamal. Kamal's going to be in this tournament. Is this, for someone like him, is this like a prove a point, make a statement sort of situation? You know, I I have no idea. You know, I I think he's just going to get the best seat he can get for the trials. You know? I mean, you you don't want to have a bad seat at the trials because the trials gets tougher. So I I I think personally, you know, the guys are going for seeding for the trials. Put yourself in the best situation possibly to make the team. That'd be my idea. Of course, when I have asked several of these guys if seeding was a motivation for them to enter, they say no. But there's, uh, you know. I mean, it, it matters. Seeding does matter when you're talking about the Olympic trials. You know, you you don't want to get the you don't want to go in there to lower seed and draw the number one seed. You'd be a fool. I mean, seeding does matter. You want the easiest tournament to the best two out of three. 
Okay, but then I need you to correct my perception. Yeah. This is an individual case-by-case basis proposition. Because for somebody like a Kamal Bay or a Rayvon Perkins or someone who's been on a team before and is already qualified for the trials, then it's obviously a seeding concern. But there's only so many qualified guys. There's 12. As of now, I believe there are 12 guys who are already qualified across all six weights will be at this tournament, which means that 90 something percent of everybody else is not qualified. For the guys who are not qualified, this I don't want to say it's a bigger tournament than the Olympic trials, but certainly their seeds matter for them at this tournament. I would think. It does matter. The seeds kind of do matter, but at the same time, your mentality's got to be you got to win and you got to get qualified. Can can the athletes control their seeds right now for the next two days? No, they have no clue where they're going to be seeded because <laughs> people are stupid. You know, I I mean, do the seeds matter? No, you got to go out and you got to wrestle on Friday and Saturday and, and qualify for the last tournament. Get the best possible seed for the Olympic trials to make that tournament a little, you know, if you can say easy, which is never easy. Right. There's no such thing as a path of least resistance because the resistance is pretty constant. But I understand what you mean. Of course, seeds matter. I believe seeds matter if only because everybody in America is brought up in a culture in wrestling that says seeds matter. So I think that affects everybody's mindset anyway. And that's a rabbit hole topic for another time. 87 kilograms, 87, what was once the, without a doubt, deepest weight throughout this quad is now entering a national tournament with one guy who was already qualified, Patrick Martinez. And after Pat, it's all guys who haven't had a chance to, or had their shot to break through just yet. Barrett Stanghill, Rich Carlson, Vaughn Monreal Burner, and the list goes on. Taryn Seleski from the Marines. Well, Vaughn Monreal Burner's from the Marines as well. Just yikes. 87. Uh, 87 is a weight class where a lot of these guys are just too bunched together. You know, like there's no, even, even when you look at distance, like the perceived distance between a one and a two guys, and then everybody else, like, it's not like you look at 87 where you're like, oh, well, this guy's number three, this guy's number six, but that number three is really far ahead of number six. Like, that's not the way 87 works. If there's only one thing that is has kept, it's the fact that it is still going to be an extraordinarily competitive competitive bracket. Represent your team or club with top-quality singlets, board shorts, and two-piece uniforms from BarbarianApparel.com. Get creative with team logos and custom designs that make a statement on and off the mat. Worn by the pros and trusted by national teams all over the world, Barbarian Apparel supplies wrestlers with the look and feel they need to conquer the competition. Team orders and discounts are always available. To learn more, stop by BarbarianApparel.com today and save 10% off using coupon code BA10. Barbarian Apparel. Style everyone notices. Quality everyone respects. Uh, 97, 97 at this tournament. And I don't know if you've been following this saga, Hall, if you pay much attention to uh, 
weight classes above the shrimps here. But um, <laughs> 97, the, the storyline is Lucas Sheridan and Daniel Miller, who I believe have met six or seven times over the past year. Yeah. It st- started at Armed Forces, where Daniel Miller won a tight match. Lucas Sheridan tried a headlock. Miller just you know, snuffed it out and got a takedown off of it and wound up winning two to one. And then of course, Sheridan got him back in the nationals. And then they had a a really entertaining three round series at the trials challenge tournament that Sheridan won. And then they met again in Hopperanda cup, just like we talked about these U S versus U S matchups that really, really, really suck overseas. They were having a really good match. It was tight. And I think Miller, I think Miller held like, you know, whatever, a one point lead or whatever it was in the second period. And then Sheridan, bam, just walloped him with a headlock and pinned him. So that's how that went. And they are the two and three guys on the ladder and they will be the one and two seeds respectively at this tournament, no matter what. I can't help but think that, you know, it's no offense to the guys beneath them. It's their job to shut someone like myself up certainly, but I really kind of want to see them do this again in the uh, national final myself. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, having that little rivalry that they both have with each other is just making them both better. I think it is definitely making them both better. They're good. They've kind of taken jumps up at the same time too. It's not like one has been established as a, like a top kind of competitor for a few years and the other one caught up. Like they both kind of grown into the senior level at the same time as well, which I, I think that kind of, the, the fact that they intersect is, a, is another component to why I find them to be pretty fascinating. And they're definitely the two guys. So I, I also happen to think. There's Eric Tui from Minnesota Storm, who is a doctor, and there's Kimba Johnson, who is committed to this weight class. And I have to say, Kimba Johnson looked different in New York. He looked completely transformed. He is a guy who's been around for you know over a quad now. I think about five years and change. At times you'd watch him and you'd be like, oh man, like if this kid could just harness something, like what he might be able to do. But then it's like just something would happen in matches where you just scratch your head. I mean, like, what is he doing? Like, what is he doing? Like, does he know how good he could be? At NYAC, man, it was like he caught some kind of wave of self-belief or something, but he was far more assertive. He's trying to turn guys on the feet with his underhook and create lanes to score from. Great match with Tracy in the, uh, I think it was the semifinal. And then he uh, lost to Sheridan pretty close after that. But the reason why that was interesting is because every time up until then, Sheridan beat the piss out of him. Not that time. I mean, it was a pretty competitive match. And Do you think, do you think that... Uh... You know, the size and moving up has made all the difference for him and given him more confidence and just more of a fresh feeling for him. You know what? I I think that it's about committing to the weight and not being kind of caught in between like he was before. I'd agree. Look, Tracy 
Miller and Sheridan, and even Tui, because Tui got a win over Kimba last year as well. Tracy, Sheridan, and Miller are tough assignments, but it's not the same Kimba. At least I don't think it is, and I don't know. I mean, he's going to be in the mix here. There's no doubt about that. He's going to be in the mix. Finally, we get to heavyweight. Heavyweight, which I think is going to be a pretty fun weight class. And I, you know, I'm smiling, I'm smiling saying that. (laughs) I'm smiling saying that. But Colton Schultz, he will be there. Uh, Mitchell from the Army, Erickson, and Wes Cathcart. Do you remember Wes Cathcart from Northern Michigan? He'll be there. He's with uh, Illinois now, so Illinois RTC. So Hayden Malley, who is one of Engel's guys over at Stanford, uh, he was – he was a good, a really, really good age group guy. Uh, very tough. He he had some good matches last year at the Open. He had a uh, he got a, not not the most glittering trials tournament, but I mean that's to be expected for a young guy like him who's just kind of you know kind of crossing the streams between styles a little bit. But uh, nevertheless, I think heavyweight's going to be good, and I really kind of pumped to see what Colton Schultz is going to look like after. Spending a couple of months in the folk style system, as Lindland likes to say, the folk style system, you know, are, is, has that been a detriment? Just a couple of months? Has that made a difference? Has, is, is, you know, I mean, was going to have like some kind of, he'll be in shape. He'll be, have those folk style lungs, right? Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, as a fan and I'm a fan too, so I'm really kind of pumped up about it. Another thing that I am pumped up about is Xavier Johnson, okay? Xavier Johnson, who competed at 63 in 2018 and 19. A couple tournaments he did at 60. Take that into consideration. He also went 67 just last month in Sweden. Now, I could just, and I don't mean to sound cool when I say this, okay? I could send a text right now and find out what weight he is committed to for this tournament. Okay, I could do that. Yeah. I don't know. I talked to Xavier last week on the record and it sounded to me like he wanted to go 60 but that he felt maybe Lukitas was going to veer him more towards 67 and the talk throughout the summer amongst some of us has been, well, how can Xavier possibly make 60 now? Because he's gotten a little bit bigger. Kid's got no fat on his body at all, it looks like. Like, I mean, he's going to have to dry himself all the way out on a scratch weigh-in and then do this. But it sounds, he said in my uh, in my Q&A with him, he said, I mean, he said this on the record off, but I mean, he said, like, he got down to 60 on his own somewhat recently just to show he could do it. And he said he was okay. It sounds like that's what he wants to do. So, jeez, everybody has him slotted in at sixty-seven, but he may very well weigh in at sixty. And if he weighs in at sixty, we go back to the earlier part of this conversation where we're talking about how sixty could be crazy, especially if Warren's going sixty. Yeah, you throw Xavier Johnson into that mix too. Gosh, man, then sixty is like almost right neck and neck with seventy-seven for crying out loud. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. That would just make it that much tougher. Yes, it would be very tough. 
very, very tough, especially for those aforementioned young guys who, you know, we kind of want to see in the trials anyway. And this brings up a, uh, you know, we're running short on time here. So I I just want to get to this kind of quickly. And so we can wrap this up, but this brings up a couple of residual topics that I wanted you to speak to for sure. And that is, I don't know if you can put yourself in the position of one of this country's younger athletes who we keep advocating for, but there is going to be a mix of young and some veteran athletes who are obviously not going to qualify on Saturday, which is going to mean that for them, they will have to enter the last chance qualifier in March. Okay. Which is three months, give or take. What, would your prescription be? And, and when you answer this question, please provide a semblance of detail and not like some, like, you know, Tony Robbins on steroids and LSD kind of answer. Like, what would your prescription be for, like, let's say, imagine a 21 year old who is just starting to ease into this and is motivated, does the right things, but, ah, you know what, didn't get in at the open? You know, the bottom line is you go back and you look at your film and you see where you're getting beat. You know, if it's strength, you got to fix that problem. If it's technique, you got to address that problem. You got to get around coaches that can see where you're deficient. And then you got to do the work. It's pretty simple. And, you know, I, I just think that, you know, the for those types of guys, man, it, it's about putting yourself in a situation and asking a lot of questions to get the job done. You know, you got to humble yourself and you, you gotta, you gotta, you know, get around people that have been there before. Okay. I'm not breaking your balls when I ask you this. Yeah. No tournaments in between, right? No, man. I'd be training. Yeah. You know what I'd say, but I ain't saying it. I'd be training hard. Well, no, the reason why I'm asking is because I think that there's like a natural pull towards that sort of thing. Towards like, what? Uh, well, there's an opportunity for me to go overseas. No, how about now. you go to practice and you get somebody on top of you that can turn <laughs> you and then figure out how to defend it? <laughs> oh, my gosh. You were so good this entire time. I'm rambling about the six freaking weight classes. You're just sitting there. Yeah, but I mean, you're asking the question. I mean, if you got one chance to qualify, you got to fix what's broken. You don't have to go test and see that it's still broken. You have to fix it. Okay. Okay. Well, speaking of fixing things that are broken, or in your mind, I would imagine, continuing to break things that are broken, and I could save this, but... Why should I? Why Why? Why would I do that? And that is next month, the weekend of January 17th and 18th, are two tournaments. Uh, one is my favorite tournament each year, which is Thor Masters in Denmark. Unfortunately for myself anyway, uh, yeah. that is also the same weekend as the Ranking Series tournament in Rome, which is something that drew your ire the last time we did this, if you remember. Yeah. The rankings. Okay. The ranking series tournament 
there are, and I'm not going to name names, the ranking series tournament is of concern for several athletes. And the reason has nothing to do with the Pan Am qualifier or if you go further than that, potentially the Olympics. The reason why, and this is something I had not thought of and I should have, is there is likely, at least that's the feeling, that there will be a non-Olympic world championships again sometime in the fall, late fall. Yeah. If there are, ranking series points would help in the seeding endeavor. Endeavor, I should say. So there are athletes from our country who are interested in going to the ranking series tournament because should they not make the Olympic team, at the very least, they may be able to earn ranking series points that perhaps puts them potentially in a better position seating-wise at the what are now still hypothetical non-Olympic weight world championships. Your thoughts? I see you rubbing your eye. Yeah, if your goal is to wrestle in the world championships and not the Olympics, that's okay. You know, I mean, if the guys know that they might not make an Olympic team, those guys want to go wrestle at a ranking tournament, go for it. I could, you know, it is what it is. But you know what? I'd be staying at home trying to make the freaking Olympic team. (laughs) I mean, I'd be doing everything I can. I mean... It is what it is. You know, everybody's got different uh, mindsets and where they're at with their career. But personally, I mean, the biggest and best event in the world in sports is what? The The Olympic Games. Yeah, Super Bowl, you know. Do you have a problem with someone who is a very good athlete, a top kind of athlete, at least in our country, who as we speak, is preparing as if to make the Olympic team, but is sort of hedging their bets by having the ranking series points in the back of their mind for a potential spot at the non-Olympic weight worlds? I mean, it is what it is. I I just, you know, if... I don't know. If if you're going to... If you're going to... Try to make the Olympic team. Your your focus has to be on getting better and doing the right things, you know. And to me, if you're going there with the mindset of, you know, qualifying or getting ranking points for a world championships in a non-Olympic weight class, then then how serious are you about, you know, winning, you know, making an Olympic team? I don't know. I just, it's a different mindset. I don't want to have that. Do you not believe there is room for both goals? Oh, uh, you're going to make the Olympic team then go wrestle in a world championship that really doesn't mean anything? No, you can't do that anyway. But what I'm saying is looking at it like this, like, hey, I'm all in on trying to make the Olympic team. Same time, I want to go to the non-Olympic, I I want to go to the ranking series tournament. Okay, stop right there. Stop right there. I'm not trolling you. I'm asking you questions, man. Okay. So if you're all in to make an Olympic team, 
Why is that even in the back of your mind to wrestle at a world championships that doesn't, I mean, it, it means something. You're still a world champion. I Don't get me wrong. I'm not downgrading that. But if you're all in, why is that in the back of your mind trying to get a seed for that tournament? Once again, deferring to your insights. I don't no, have an opinion. But do you get my point of view? Of course I get your point of view. I kind of had an idea of what I was asking for. Just think that... Uh, I don't know. I just think it's all very convoluted the way that this is all crammed together. I think that if the trials were at a different month, if the trials were in June and last chance qualifier was in, let's say, early mid-May and the Pan Am qualifier was, you know, right before that or right after that and everything wasn't so squished together, I think that maybe we look at these things a little differently. I agree. I mean, but, you know, there, there's only so much time to get better over the next four, four month period. You know what? Not every even, time, not even, every, Paul, not even four I, months. That's what I'm saying. You know, I mean, look at the time crunch. Every, every waking moment you have to be eating, breathing and sleeping to get better. Well, I can't say that I apply those principles in my own life, but here we are. Uh, do you have any final thoughts? Just good luck to all the guys competing. Stay safe. Uh, hopefully nobody gets injured at this tournament and ends their, their uh, goal at making the Olympics. Uh, the guys all work hard. Um, just go out there, have fun, and battle hard. And there you have it, a short episode that hopefully sets you up for the U.S. Nationals to begin tomorrow, which is Friday, from the Fort Worth Convention Center in Fort Worth, Texas. Of course, all of the action can be streamed live on Flow Wrestling. We will have a recap on Flow, as well as updates and post-session recaps on Five Point Move. And that's it. Big tournament, the biggest tournament of the season. It is not more important than the Olympic trials, but it is bigger, obviously, in every conceivable way than the Olympic trials and holds its own importance for the majority of our younger senior athletes, the more established guys, specifically the guys who are already qualified. It's a big deal to them, too, but it's not the same, especially considering how much growth the U.S. program has experienced regarding youth depth over the last three years so it is a must watch of course just like everything else and hopefully we have a lot of fun things to talk about afterwards social media concerns there's only one really and that's dennis hall you can follow dennis hall on twitter for no apparent reason at dennis hall wgw and for usa greco-roman news and athlete perspectives Go to 5pointmove.com and as always, follow along on Twitter at 5PTMove. That's it for episode 32, everybody. Thanks for listening and we'll see you soon.